0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
2: Light slash Heaven out in Blanche what were the other 7 million names that was called which is now <clears throat> which is now what's that pub chain called what's the big English know. conglomerate pub chain that's taking over everywhere what's it called pub begins chain begins with a W yeah the big pub chain that's over here they do the cheap beer they don't do a lot of the on brand stuff uh, what's the name begins with a W I don't know should I know it yeah, come on! Can someone put me on my misery? Why am I going blank on that that pub chain? I think I they're opening another one of. somewhere else. You know the big the big British pub chain that everyone is all like hey, coming over here taking their pubs.
3: Yeah, I'll know it when you say it, but I don't know <clears> right
2: now. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. What is it? Matthew back in with the win. Weatherspoons, yeah. Oh. Life Nightclub, Heaven Nightclub, whatever it was called. It was Light, it was oh, yeah. called Light, it was called Heaven, was it called Angel at one time? I can't remember. Out in Blanche. Uh, that is now Wetherspoon. So we're going to... No what nightclubs? I'm trying to think what other nightclubs are out. See, we used to have um,
3: loads when we were uh, 16, yeah, 17, 18.
2: The one out your way. <clears throat> the one out in Port Marnock.
3: Oh, that's still going. Um, is it still going? Oh my God. I think so, yeah. Oh my God, what's the name of that?
2: And you know, what's the name of I up on the on the, on the, the, the coast to road mangoes. there? The, the, see, there to you mangoes. go. Yeah. mango. Oh, I used
3: to always go there. Yeah, I'm nearly certain that's still going. Did
2: you shift many lads there, did
3: you? Oh, Jesus, you wouldn't even believe the amount.
2: <laughs> <So laughs> I've kissed half of Dublin
3: in there. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. They were like, get out. You've been through every single one of these now. Out to get. Uh, right, great okay. nightclub, though. Great nightclub.
2: Uh, the closest guess I've gotten is 35 from Gary.
3: So are we going older or younger? It can't possibly be younger. Oh, older. Yeah, it's older.
2: Slightly older.
3: Well, it's got to be 40 then. Nope. Hmm. So older than 35, younger than 40. There we go. Ooh, interesting. I'm going to go with uh,
2: 38. 38. So very, very close. You were one away The age is, of course, (laughs) 37. That's the old oh people belt. Now that's, that's according to, you know, thousands of people who are, who are clubbed, not clubbed, who are clubbed to death, uh, along with the seals that were out there. No, they were surveyed, uh, on a clubbing website and it said, if you're 37, it suggests you're officially too old to be seen at a nightclub if you are 37 years of age. And apparently once you hit your thirties, more people enjoy a night in than a night out and more women enjoy a night in than a night out because they couldn't be arsed with all the hassle, the tan, the makeup, the hair and the incredibly painful high heels.
3: Yeah, no, I'd definitely buy that because, um, now coming up to Christmas, I would go out every single weekend, but otherwise I wouldn't really be arsed, to be honest.
0: Right, well, Actually now,
3: well, look, if we were allowed to go out now with this weather, I would be out every weekend again.
2: You'd be in a beer garden though, as opposed to a nightclub, I'd say.
3: Yeah, but you'd still want to wear your heels and stuff. Would you? Oh yeah, dress up to the nines, of course why not going out
2: with a big blow dry back comb the hair get the orange yes. tan on saunter and, uh, your way it's, down it's,
3: we've advanced since then we have Suzanne Jackson with her amazing tan now so we don't need we don't know, need any use, tango orange
2: one <clears throat> I use a bit of dripping gold myself now just to get the base tan Beautiful. off before I go in the back garden mm-hmm. and, and, and lie out so listen there you go if you're 37 years of age uh, you're going to be self-isolating from nightclubs for the rest of your life you'll be quarantined <laughs> you are like sorry you're not allowed in here you to go to know the what's, what's so sad home.
3: if you <laughs> turned 37 during isolation Oh. and you had a yeah. plan to maybe celebrate one more time on your 37th birthday in a club and now you can't because the next nope. time you're allowed out you'll be 38 and then you're and way you're over you're
2: nearly it. dead you're 37 and you're not allowed into a nightclub look there you go that's a uh According to according to research conducted by clubbers uh, and on, loads of people go out. You're 37, apparently that's too old. But listen, they're very loud anyway, nightclubs. And, you know, it's very late. You're getting tired. Uh, So, listen, there you go, 37. Uh, On the way on the show, we'll be chatting to someone uh, who will be willing to pay people who are actually 37 and older, 35 and older. He's looking for women 35 years and older to pay to go on virtual dates with younger men. Happy days. It's a Toy Boy website. They'll pay you to test out a new feature on their website to date, virtually date younger men. On the way next, though, speaking of going out, would you be up for giving up booze for a year? Uh, And if not a year, would you kind of dip your toe in the water for 90 days? Would you try and go without booze for 90 days? What about even 28 days? So there's different challenges that this website will set you. The website is called oneyearnobeard.com. And they challenge people like you to give up the booze and to see if there is any significant benefits and to see if you can change your relationship with alcohol. And since we've all been drinking a hell of a lot more in lockdown, in quarantine, and we're going to be chatting to Rory who set up the website a couple of years ago to explain a little bit more about why you should maybe even consider, why we we all should consider uh, knocking the booze on the head for a while. So Rory from One Year No Beer, he's on the way next.
0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and
2: Saoirse Long It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 and I know like today just one of the best days we've had in a hell of a long time and everyone that I talked to well like the the three people that I talked to today the first thing they said was this would just be heaven in a beer garden
3: yeah, it's funny isn't it, the second the weather is good, even earlier on I was queuing up for Tesco's and everyone just coming out with cans of beer, you know I think people tend to lose the run of themselves slightly when there's an inch of sun
2: Yeah, inch of sun and then the awkwardness of a pandemic and I think people are, you know Drinking a lot more from home over the last while, just one I think out of novelty is something to do to try and keep you, keep you in some way sane. Um but is there an alternative to, to doing this? So I was scrolling through my Facebook days the other day and uh, an ad for um, a website popped up and I was kind of like, oh, what's this now? And it was a, uh, oneyearnobeer.com and I've heard of people who have done this who have gone a year without uh, touching a drop of alcohol and you know various different reasons I, and I got intrigued because one I'm, I'm kind of thinking right if ever there was a time to knock booze on the head for the next while it's probably in lockdown and it's probably in quarantine when you can't really go to the pub anyway so you know there, there's no excuse but um, I, have you ever like made a conscious decision to abstain from alcohol for any you know length of time
3: yeah, I've done the dry January thing um, a few times, but I feel at the same time that it's a problem when we have to actually take a whole month out of our lives. to. Well, that's
2: just usually a financial problem, on. isn't it? Well, <laughs> more, more so like, than have anything, no money.
3: Yeah. It is, though, but I think we don't, a lot of people, especially in this country, don't know how to drink properly. you know we do overdo it a lot and I think that could be a huge problem so um, I have heard of people sorry after I did the month I felt amazing by the way really 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 much more alert you know you're getting up at the weekends you don't feel groggy you just feel a little bit more with it I know that sounds terrible but a Friday and Saturday drinking can really really tip you over the edge for the rest of the week
2: for the rest of the month, when you get to a certain age, and you're like, my god. Uh, well, well, um, let us know what's, what's one, what's the longest you've ever gone without drinking? Like, have you ever done a, a dry January, but have you ever either taken a couple of months off or a, a couple of, uh, maybe a couple of years off, whatever? Let us know what's the longest you've gone without touching a drop. Oh, eight, seven, six, seven, nine, seven, one, four. And why did you do it, by the way? Why did you do it? Because this country can be awkward. <laughs> it can be very, very awkward uh, when you don't go, when you're not drinking and even when you try and go out and still be normal because people sometimes look at you like you have 17 heads and go, you're a freak. Anyway, we, we reached out to the guys at One Year No Beer to talk a little bit more about it, because it sounds like, for some reason it sounds like an incredibly harsh, daunting challenge, but they're trying, to, I think, educate people on the alternatives that are out there, and joining us from a One Year No Beer is someone who was, I'm gonna presume, is maybe still off the beer, but Rory, sir, how are you man? Thanks for popping on.
4: Fantastic, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
2: No worries at all. Um, so, f- um, what exactly is this uh, whole One Year No Beer stuff?
4: well um it's not what it says on the tin <laughs> so um the first thing is is we are all about helping people change their relationship with alcohol and um so uh, we have a 28-day challenge a 90-day challenge and a 365 challenge think of it like you know you come and do like the 10k then you do the half marathon and then you yeah. say, you know what i'm going to go on for the marathon and what we it comes from my own personal experience so i was never a problem drinker i wasn't going home and drinking i wasn't no, i wasn't on it wasn't on my radar people Weren't saying you need to go and get help about your drinking. I didn't have these things where I was waking up going, "Oh my god, what did I do?" Well, the occasional. um, (laughs) Um, What did I say? Look at the text messages. Where did I go? Um, But um, um, what? What? uh, I actually started with a single Headspace, which we all know about now, back in 2013, and it made me this. You know, doing this um, meditation started getting me aware that maybe alcohol is causing me more trouble than I realise. And it started to niggle away at me And I thought You know what I'm going I'm to take a break from booze I'm going to do 90 days And um, see how much better I feel And I approached my boss Because I was an oil broker In London at the time And he said You are committing commercial suicide <laughs> Stop drinking
2: Yeah I can so, God yeah What kind of broker doesn't drink Right
4: yeah. Um Yeah so um, I had to. It took me six months to pluck up the courage, and I took a break from booze. And I was just blown away. I mean, every area of my life improved. I'm fitter, faster, healthier, happier, better dad, better husband. You know, I grew my bro- oil broking business by another fifty percent. I reduced our costs by thirty percent. All these like niggling health issues started to disappear. You know that I didn't even associate with with drinking, like yeah. um, IBS. Um, I had IBS. I had real bad stomach troubles. Um, I had uh, dry skin. You know, this stuff just disappeared. I was like, this is unbelievable, right? This is this is completely the opposite of what I thought. Not drinking was. I thought not drinking would be, you know, you become a social isolate. You know, a lonely person, mm. boring. Um, you hide away from all your friends. But here it was, giving me all these incredible advantages. Um, so that's where the idea of One Year No Beer came from. And really what we realized was nobody wants to not drink, right? Nobody, nobody wants to do that. But yeah. everybody wants what not drinking gives you. Everybody. Everybody's looking to get healthier. Everybody's trying to find a little bit of more happiness, a little bit more productivity, a little bit more calmness, less anxiety, less depression, everybody wants those things but nobody wants to go through the not drinking so how do you get people to experience it I know, let's dress it up as a challenge let's make it cool, let's make it fun let's make it something that you want to be excited about you know what, I'm going to do a 28 day challenge and at the end of it I'm going to go and run a Spartan or do a 10k or whatever it is that will be my focus during it Um, and we launched that back in and we're now 80,000 members in 90 countries.
3: Wow. wow. Now, when you did yeah. this challenge originally yourself, when you said, I'm going to take this upon myself, did you find, obviously, the social side of things, your friends going for a drink after work, did you find it kind of awkward standing there and you didn't have a drink, or did you just get a soft drink, or what, what way did you, did you work it?
4: I had to, because there was no roadmap when I did it, um, and this is why we wanted a roadmap for everyone, I had to bump off every painful learning curve. Um, and there were things like, you know, there were customers who expected me to drink. And I knew I wouldn't get their business if I didn't drink. So I had to learn how to stealth drink. Which basically means you go down to the restaurant, you pay the or the or the bar and you pay the manager and the bar owner some cash and you say, Whatever you serve me, it's non alcoholic. And then when you get bought around, you take a sip, yeah, thanks very much. You go to the toilet, ditch it, go back to the bar somewhere quiet, buy your alcohol free version carry on so you get masterful at um, hiding.
2: But isn't it ridiculous that we have to do that? Uh-huh. <laughs> it is true uh, though. It is, it is insane. It is insane. Uh, but I can understand, especially in that kind of business culture where a lot of it is, I imagine it's part of the trust process with clients. So you're going out and you're in the trenches yeah, but, and you're yeah, getting but, hung over together and then there you go.
4: Yeah, but that's that, but don't
2: disassociate. Because uh, whenever people listen to this, they go, oh well, that's broken.
4: They're always looking for a reason to disassociate from the conversation. Right. About alcohol, you'll notice this: whenever you stop drinking, people are like, "Oh, oh, oh." it's not the Shame." They don't know how to picture it. So when people go, "Oh, well, that was just a business thing," it's the same with the rugby lads, the army boys, the the girls' night out. It's the same thing: the expectation, the peer pressure. So when we did our research last year into peer pressure, it showed that 93% of people uh, had a drink when they didn't want to, and 84% of people had experienced bullying from friends to have a drink. Something like 45%, I think, roughly. Um, people who experienced peer pressure from colleagues and bosses so um, it's this peer pressure which actually surrounds our relationship with alcohol this is what mostly keeps
2: us in the Drinking. I've been on both sides of that coin. I have taken the piss out of people when they've come into the pub and not drank, you know. And then I've I've, I've been the same the same thing as well. Where uh, I remember we we were out for uh, a dinner at Christmas or something down the pub with the lads, and I was like, I'll have a non-alcoholic. And just it was like a symphony in perfect harmony. They just. Saying, bah! What? And literally, you're stopping, the, it's like they stopped the whole bar to single you out and go, this idiot oh, yeah. isn't even drinking. Um, yeah. and uh, you know, yeah, other silence. ways that I've, yeah, other ways oh. I've, I've tried to come around is sometimes when I'm not drinking is, you know, you deliberately drive. So at least then you can kind of say, oh, I'll give you a lift home later and I kind of shut them up. They're like, Grand, yeah, I can kind of, yeah, he's driving. So don't worry about it. So there's other ways of doing it. But the fact that you were nearly like secret agent, secret agent man around the bar getting yourself secret non-alcoholic drinks is amazing.
4: Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I don't do that at all now. You know, I mean, th- th- things have changed, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got an alcohol-free bar in Dublin. Um, yeah. Um, yes. And uh, you know, th- things are changing. Heineken Zero is on tap. Heineken Zero is amazing. Noseco is amazing. Um, Noseco, which you can buy in Tesco's. So this is all part of it. see... Well, what a real really boils down to with our relationship with alcohol is that we've been conditioned, marketed to, to peer pressure, social conditioning, literally since you were nappies. You've been watching aunties, uncles, friends celebrate, commiserate, congratulate with alcohol. And that builds all these neural pathways in your brain. So when you start off with young, in school and you're like, yeah, oh, all the other kids are cool, they're having a drink. I better fit in. Status, tribalism. I want to belong. Mm. I'm going to drink too. And that's where it starts. Then you get into your late teens, 20s and it's all about having fun, and you're like, yeah, I'm having loads of fun, and alcohol equals fun. And then later, you start working, and you're in your 40s, and it's like, maybe you've got some kids on the way, um, and you're like, oh my God, I need alcohol, because it really helps me unwind and de-stress. I couldn't possibly be a mum without my wine time. Whatever it is. But those associations are alcohol equals status, out belonging, alcohol equals fun, alcohol equals um, stress, relaxation, anxiety, Those are the maths that our brain do. And so, you've mentioned before about Dry January. The massive difference between a program like ours and doing something like Dry January is that our program is designed to help people change their relationship with alcohol. And that means when you come out of the challenge, we want you to be either drinking considerably less or not drinking at all, right? Now I, just to put it into perspective, I drink. I drink as much as I want, whenever I want. It's amazing. I just rarely have a drink, because I see it for what it is, I don't feel that peer pressure, I don't have those associations with students, etc, um, etc, cetera, et cetera. and it took me two years being completely alcohol free to get there.
3: Are you finding now, though, it's much easier for people to go alcohol free, because there is so much choice out there for yeah. non-alcoholic beers or wine even you can get, and gin and tonics, we had one in Virgin Mary, which is the, the non-alcoholic bar here in Dublin, and A lot of people are going into them bars and it's nearly cool to not drink.
4: Yeah. So, first of all, absolutely. It's definitely getting easier. Is it easy? Well, no. I wouldn't be talking to you on a radio station right now. I wouldn't have a business with 80,000 people. and And there wouldn't be, you know, it's really bloody difficult. It's really difficult in the early days because they've been so clever. Uh, society, social expectations, all of this stuff is ingrained in us. The un- rewiring that stuff is is tough. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it takes a process. So what I was just mentioning there, like the dry January, you might abstain from a month. People who do that say, right, I'm not going to drink from January. And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to ignore all my friends. I'm going to avoid going out socially because nobody wants to hang out with somebody not drinking. And then I'm going to count down the milliseconds to the 1st of Feb so I can get absolutely smashed again. <laughs> yeah. And all I'm doing is reaffirming the limiting belief that alcohol is pertinent to my life. And you see, 95% of our drinking is psychological. It's just what we've been wired into our brain. So if we don't go through the process of changing your relationship with it, then you'll just go exactly back to, it's kind of pointless.
2: Um, what did you find then? I suppose you mentioned there was a lot of challenges, but what was the hardest thing for you about giving it up?
4: I always like to say, um, "There's no, you don't give it up," because <laughs> it sounds like you're letting go of something precious. Mm. Um, what you do is you decide to put down, numbing yourself with a hundred percent toxic poison. But anyway, that's a side project. We don't want to get into that it' everyone gets switched off then. <laughs> but, um, but. Um, um, I think one of the most difficult things is the reassessment after you've decided, you know what, actually, this I'm not going back to the way I was. Now, most people go into this going, I don't think I can do this. I'm not sure I can make it. Or, uh, you know, I, I just want to do a little break just to see how I get on. And then we find that 87% of people choose to carry on alcohol-free after they've completed their challenge, which is wow. massive. And that's because they go... I cannot believe how different I feel I was talking to this to a friend last night uh, um, um, the other day and he, and he was like Oh you'll never get me you'll never get me doing it and he's a, he's a new friend he's like never get me doing it you um, n- never do that so I was like I had a good mate last year who was my neighbour and he was a massive boozer loved it loved his booze and I chatted to him lots and he listened to it lots he was like no I just, I just love the pub I love the crack then off his own back he decides to do 90 days and he. I spoke to him the other day he's like I'm never going back I'm never I'm never going back to it again um, and I think that's the thing for most people I just almost wish I could pluck people out of where they are today transport them to 90 days ahead of them having done the alcohol free challenge learning about changing their relationship with alcohol and i know that most of them wouldn't go back to where they are today
3: but it's so interesting that you say that you do turn to alcohol when you're a stressed b it's always a reason do you know that kind of way you're not yeah. doing it necessarily because oh i'd like i might have a drink it's not done in a in a i guess for your mind as uh, a comfortable way you're doing it to numb pain or de-stress or whatever it might be.
4: That's it. That's it. Numbing. The bit that nobody wants to hear, like nobody wants to hear the health stuff, you know. We're absolutely lambasted with those things all the time. Like my shoes are giving me cancer, right? And you're like, I don't care. Just leave me alone. I'm happy with my sugar and whatever. But when you call alcohol what it is, you saw Professor David Nutt. It's the world's most harmful drug. Let's just reiterate that. It is the world's most harmful drug, more harmful than any other drug, both to society and to the people that take it. And what is it? If you Google what is alcohol, it's a colourless, flammable, volatile liquid also used as a fuel source known as ethanol. There's never been a study in the history of humankind, and there never will be, that putting ethanol into the human body is good for you because it's a poison. Um, And so why are people taking the poison? Well, it's exactly that. It's numbing. And those are the facts. And when we realise, and you were talking about lockdown before, the hardest thing right now is if you think about... The the conversations that are going on, you're talking about deaths on an hour by hour basis. We've never yeah. heard this before, right? Death in the news, death on WhatsApp. How many deaths in your country? Deaths, right? Death is associated with grief. Death even talking about it brings on feelings of grief. So there's anxiety, anxiety and unsure. I don't know what's happening with my job and I'm feeling insecure. So what you've got is you've got a natural heightened level of emotion in our society. Which means that people are naturally going to rely on old coping mechanisms like alcohol. And alcohol is the worst <laughs> the worst possible helpful coping strategy is a depressant it creates anxiety it's actually fulf- it's actually making these feelings feel so much more intense and like any drug when you start taking it you have to take it again which is why people have reached for the bottle during lockdown and then they find themselves caught in that trap and they're going for it again and they're going for it again and they're going for it again and it just makes you i mean it, Literally, is making the situation worse for you, and in a way, my heart goes out to people because what we really need to do is say, "Hey, look, we've got a support system here. This is the perfect time. You're not in the environment. You're not in the pub. You're not around the peer pressure. It's you who's putting that down your your throat. There is a support system out here. Why not come out of lockdown, being happier, fitter, healthier, etc.?"
2: So. There's, I know there's going to be someone listening to this going, uh, I'm too, I'm, I'm not going to give up the crack. I don't want to do it. I, I think it's just, you know, yeah. as you said, like your friend, it, it, no way you'll, you'll never get me. And even like one of my favorite things to do is go meet the lads for a pint on the weekend. And just one of the, one of the things even now, I'm still looking forward to that the most, just going down to the pub and having a pint at the counter with some peanuts and having some, you know, uh, stupid conversations with the barman or whatever's there, right? What do you say to <laughs> yeah. that person and to myself to try and say, give it a try? Like what, what, Why should they open themselves up to the possibility of of going a month or 90 days without... Booze.
4: Yeah well I think first of all right now you can't go to the pub and this is a great time to do it. The second thing is that I'm almost never going to be able to convince you. The only thing that I'm going to say to you is that you have absolutely no idea what impact alcohol is having on you. It's having a huge impact, a negative impact on how you feel on your emotions, on your anxiety, on these niggling health issues and the only way you're going to find out how much better you could be feeling is if you do an ex- you know, a break from booze, start off with a 28-day challenge. So, this, the up, this you know, you're doing a little bit of exercise, you're doing these things, this is the one thing that will have the biggest impact for you. And that's really the only way I can try and reach people to say this is worth giving a shot. As for going into the pub and having the crack, I'm looking forward to it too. Most likely mine will be an alcohol-free beer. And if I was going to go to the pub with a whole bunch of mates who were expecting me to have um, a beer, I might have one alcoholic beer or two and then be like, no, I don't need any more. That's me, I'm done. Um, or I'll switch to alcohol-free beers afterwards. So, um, yeah.
2: Your, your what level of self-control, say. sir, is at Zen master level. <laughs> 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 I'm well, still a few years away from that. No, I guess, hang you on.
4: know what, you can't, can't not, argue with not, the facts. All I was going to say is it's not. it's not the self-control. And this is, I mean, this is my challenge to you two, right? Why not? We're on this call right now. You guys have amazing listeners who listen to you and are inspired by you, right? And I'm saying to you two that this could be the one thing that gives you that massive uplift you're looking for feeling brighter, eyes brighter. I've got this theory that pregnancy glow is actually just people not drinking. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously. So imagine brighter eyes, nicer hair. These are all factual things and studies behind them where people start looking younger. In fact, Professor Kevin Moore at Russell Hampstead wants to do a study with us to prove the average age people look younger after doing a month off the beach so I'm saying this is the one thing why don't you guys do it starting today, come on
2: well, um, okay I'll Are throw you? my hat in the ring and say I'll do it for 28 days I'll and then the um, if, if you're up for a right, if you're up uh, would you be up for coming on in 28 days time and we can give you our, oh, our review back yes I cannot you, wait you can keep us accountable if we know that in 28 days time we'll be speaking to you sir and you can uh, yeah. w- at least we'll have that goal in mind um, yeah happy days um, uh, yeah that would be an interesting challenge and listen if, if, if you're listening and you want to take part as well let us know if you'd be up for doing 28 days uh, alcohol free while the pubs are still um, closed while you know what th- there's not a lot else to do and maybe we can you know form some <laughs> new habits and, and come out as you said looking a little bit better feeling a bit better than we went in uh, happy to do listen drop us a whatsapp 87 if you'd like to join us and uh ah, you, you, we can't really back out of that now Rory, can we
4: you can't you can't you can't and <laughs> the beauty about it is the beauty about it is the process of you're going to go through now of changing your relationship with alcohol this is introducing you to lots of awesome little habits um, and routines that are going to benefit you whether you decide to go back to exactly how you were unlikely drinking lots um, not, I'm not assuming that you were drinking a lot, sorry. Um, and, uh, um, you'll still have a whole bunch of um, good, healthy habits to implement in your day. I'm but getting well anxious
3: done. now. I'm thinking, what <laughs> am I going to do for the bank holiday stuck inside in the sun? Like, will I juice some carrots? What, Like, what will I do? What will be my drink? <laughs> carrots,
4: it, it is not like that. Really, we're not all turning into boring hermits. What you're going to do is you're going to go to drydrinker.com or alcoholfree.co.uk and you're going to order yourself a whole smorgasbord. Good work. Um, of different alcohol-free alternatives. When you, you're going to start making yourself like Seedlip Cocktails and nosecco Negroni, um, which is the one from Seedlip, um, there's loads of alcohol-free spirits, lots of alcohol-free beers, alcohol-free bubbly, and um, you're going to be like oh this is actually really
2: enjoyable. Well listen um, Rory thanks a million for that and uh, we will check back in with you in 28 days after myself and Saoirse have done this uh, not one year no beer but definitely 28 days no beer Um, and listen uh, I'm going to go sign up now as soon as we're off this call in a few moments time where we can see what the crack is and I'm looking forward to chatting to you in 28 days and hopefully I won't regret the decision we've made this (laughs) season.
5: You won't
4: brilliant well done guys fantastic and I hope that inspires a whole bunch of others to to do it there's never, never been a better time to be thinking about changing your relationship with alcohol.
2: All right, well, thank you very much for that. Listen, uh, would you be up for it during lockdown? 87 7 7 FM
0: 104 is Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon.
2: Still to come here on the show, we'll be doing a Control-Alt-Delete a little bit later on and also uh, on the way shortly, a website for you. If you're a woman over the age of 35 and are into a toy boy, you could be getting paid to date, younger men virtually, and they will look after the food and drink as well. There's a new way. Uh, well, there's a website set up specifically for you if you like a younger man, and they're trialling out some new services. So we'll be getting a uh, someone on from the website to explain more about how you can get yourself, uh, how you can get your hands on some money and maybe some younger men if you want. Uh, on the way next, though, a couple of Netflix suggestions for you. One uh, series that has just been released in the last day or so, which you have to watch, and a couple of horrifically bad movies which you shouldn't watch. Uh, Ever at all. It's on the way next.
0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast
2: with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's uh, Cormac and Saoirse here on FM 104. If you're 35 and over and fancy a toy boy, you could get paid to date them virtually uh, online. So we'll be chatting to uh, the person who's got more information about that a little bit later on. Uh, now though, uh, some, uh, some good suggestions on Netflix and some horrifically terrible bad uh, Netflix suggestions that we have to give you this evening. I'm going to start off first though with uh, some good news. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. It is finally out but if you've just logged into your Netflix and seen it's already trending it is the documentary series uh it's following jeffrey epstein it's called jeffrey epstein filthy rich is currently number one in ireland today but it's following obviously the filthy disgusting horrific life that that uh, billionaire i don't even know what you'd call him i don't even know what he does no one really knows what he does or what he did but that is currently available to stream on netflix now so you can go have a go have a watch of that i think there's only four episodes but definitely worth uh, definitely worth having a look at that, anyway. But moving on to terribly horrific, bad movies to watch, we like to give you some of the some of the trailer trash from Netflix. And um, what's your what's your suggestion this evening, Saoirse?
3: So my suggestion this evening is probably one of the worst ones that you're going to come across because it's called Tall Girl.
2: oh I've seen the, yeah, I've seen this advertised. I've seen this advertised on Netflix. Yeah, it looks terrible.
3: It's meant to be so bad, so obviously. It's a story about a tall girl. So what happens is she's the tallest girl in her town. She goes through life feeling miserable for being so tall. And then suddenly an exchange student comes to stay in their school. And then she falls in love. They happen to be taller as well, which is amazing. God. God. Yeah. That's,
1: uh... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45
1: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: That's bad. Um, It's meant to be absolute another tripe. So there was obviously reviews, people who who have watched it. I haven't watched it yet, so I can't actually um, tell whether it's the worst or not. But I picked it because... Of the reviews and the trailer itself, so the trailer Are you was jealous better, of
2: her because she's tall. Is that what it is?
3: A little bit, yeah. There was a few people that were commenting saying, "I'm only five foot one. I'm very offended by this film, and <laughs> I would probably feel the same way." But uh, this trailer was better than the whole movie itself. Oh, that's, that's a pretty bad review. I'm sorry, but there was no way that it took a foreign exchange student from Sweden for there to be a guy taller than the six foot one main character Jody.
2: Yeah, I mean, six foot one is obviously tall for a girl, but it's not like, it's not stupid tall. She, it's not like yeah. seven foot.
3: No, no, she was made to feel like she was the tallest person in the whole town. So everyone was staring at her the whole time. That, like, that is just not the case. Anyway, if you like movies that are basic, boring and effortless, then Tall Girl is a great movie for you. The plot, the acting and the message straight up sucks. The movie will make you fall asleep, just like other basic movies with two girls fighting over a boy. <laughs> Don't watch it, it's yeah, awful. I, I, there's I like so many
2: one. of these. It, 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 it sounds like it's a generic high school movie, but when they were pitching this into the production company, they're like, okay, it's a high school movie. It's going to be relatable for teens. A girl falls in love with a guy. There's a Swedish man in it. But the hook is, huh? Eh, get this now. Okay, so t- sh- she she's tall.
3: She's really tall. Yeah, so she's, tall for she, a
2: girl. yeah. She, she's not even like freak tall. She's just tall. She's like 6'1", 6'1". Yeah. She can't wear heels. That's it.
3: She looks like a model, basically. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if um, you have the trailer handy there, but it was, or it looks
2: like garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a long enough Netflix-y uh, trailer. We might have a second of it here just to see if we can uh, dip into the tripe that it is. But uh, it's Tall Girls. I think it's on a uh, yeah, it's, it might be a Netflix exclusive, that's isn't it? really, really tall girl that you go to school with. Would you maybe wanna? Well, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah. In that opening shot, they, they, they're making her out to look. So he, he, that guy is sitting down talking to her and then he stands up um, or she stands up and it makes it look as if she's eight foot and he's like three foot. Yeah. She's only exactly. 6'1". She's Grant. She's oh, 6'1". That's one. terrible. That is terrible, well,
3: it's, right? It, it's it just you know already by the sound of it that it's just gonna be tripe. So, yep. uh, I was going to say save your time, but maybe don't. Maybe bore yourself to tears.
2: Yeah, if you are struggling bang to sleep week. with the uh, the stuffy hot weekend or the stuffy hot evening that we're having tonight, uh, maybe bang that on and you'll just nod right off. So that's what's it called? Tall girl.
3: Tall girl. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know that tall girl you got to Not really, no, just I mean, about this not, tall girl, that's it. It's not, it's not, you don't really define your whole school by... Oh, and remember the tall girl, oh, fun. Uh, okay, cool, good shout. I have gone for another Nicolas Cage movie, because I want to go oh, through all God. his terrible ones on Netflix, right? So this one, if you're looking for a terrible movie to watch, it's called Knowing. It was uh, released in 2009. And let me read you a uh, quick... The, the kind of... The description here very very quickly MIT professor John Clester links a mysterious list of numbers from a time capsule to past and future disasters and sets out to prevent the ultimate catastrophe dun dun, dun. very dramatic um, yeah here are some of the reviews sucks like a neutron star oh my god what in the world oh, I don't want to know um Uh, Knowing when to avoid a movie. Did anyone else read the script before shooting? The movie is just awful. I wish they had saved my $8. Just because there is a casual relationship between one thing and another does not mean that cause has a purpose. It is a religious movie in disguise. Intelligent design propaganda. Worst movie ever. The not-so-bright professor's tale. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it just goes on and on and on. There's so, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of terrible reviews on IMDb for this movie. But I mean, again, I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. I'm rooting for him. He, he's got, he's gotten the highs and now he's gotten the lows and he's kind of coming back to doing straight to DVD, B movies, Netflix originals with a budget of about four quid. And he's struggling, but I, I really hope he gets back to his former glory days.
3: He doesn't need to do that. That's the problem. The second he decided to do a crap mu- movie, it was all downhill from then.
2: It's weird, isn't it? Because he, he, you would have got away with that earlier on when you were a nobody, but now, yeah, yeah it's just not it's just... acceptable. You're just like I want you, know, you want to be known movie, for but... your
3: for your greatness if you're an actor, but to go from very good films to this kind of stuff, no, <laughs> it's not a good move. It's not a good
2: move at all. Uh, oh, it's not good for at all. Well, listen, uh, they are your options. It's uh, the Tall Girl. What, what's the f- official name of that Tall Girl movie? Is it just Tall Girl? Just Tall Girl. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I love it. Tall Girl. There you go. You they can go have a, long a, a, and hard
3: about that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, we got a movie about a tall girl. Any ideas on what we can call it that's relatable to a lot of people? Um, <laughs> t- tall Girl, yeah. Tall maybe. Girl
3: be perfect. Yeah.
2: So, uh, so that's it. You have your um, pick. Yeah, there you go. There's two terrible ones. There's Knowing from 2009 or Tall Girl. Um, they're your two terrible movies. If you enjoy watching Absolute Tribe. Happy days. Um, But if you would like to watch something good as well, that the uh, Jeffrey Epstein documentary has just gone live on Netflix as well. So that is definitely one you can binge over the weekend as well. Uh, We're going to go back to a quick message here, lads. What was the name of the noise cancelling headphones? His name this morning. Well, we were in bed this morning, so I have absolutely no idea what Adam the uh, headphones were. Um, at all. So noise cancelling headphones, mm, there's loads of them out there. Um, you, you can go and get. We'll have to uh, ask
3: Snobby.
2: You can go and get. What are the ones? Studio headphones. If you want to spend stupid money on headphones, you can get. Oh, yeah. Bear Dynamic. You can get some Bear Dynamics. They're, they're studio ones closed back. Pretty good. Uh, otherwise, like the beats and stuff for noise cancelling, I don't know how good they are. But listen, you're, you'll have to you'll have to get up in the morning and ask Jim, Jim, and Nobby what they were on about this morning because uh, we were in bed they're on air so uh, listen uh, thanks for the message they are uh, your couple of recommendations your bad ones and your good ones for Netflix for the June bank holiday weekend Uh, on the way next though if you're 35 and you want to date a younger man how would you like to get paid to virtually date a younger man Uh, there's a uh, website that's uh, running a promotion at the moment we're going to get one of the founders on and happy days you as a older woman could be paid to date a younger man the dream that's on the way next
0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104.
2: It's Room 104. You can get in touch 087 6797 104. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of. Uh, we talk about a lot of different strange and unique things on the show. Sometimes it's to do with, like, uh, you know, datings and weird fetishes and how people like uh, dressing up as furries and different animals. And sometimes, you know, people like to. What was the one? The toenail lady? Yeah, the, you know, Weird. The weird. Yeah. Weird, so disgusting uh, yeah. fetishes. This isn't really disgusting this is just strange and um, but strange and it could be good news for certain women of a certain age who want to make uh some money the website is called maybe make sure i got this right now because i don't think i can sign up for it. maybe i can't listen at uh, toyboywarehouse.com if you're in the market for a toy boy and uh, maybe maybe this is for you if you're of the age of 35 and are female joining us now to tell us more a little bit about that site uh is mike mike what's the story sir how are you i'm very well
5: thank you how are you Good, good. Come here. Um, Toyboywarehouse.com. Explain. Sure. So so, Toyboywarehouse, it's actually the UK's largest dating site for older women and younger men, um, which, believe it or not, uh, lots of people think that it's one of the kind of niche areas that you don't really hear about much. It's huge as an area. In the UK, there's hundreds of thousands of members, both older women and younger men, that are, are looking for one another. So uh, ToddlerWarehouse.com kind of brings them together in a in a fun and safe environment, so they, they kind of uh, can look for people that they, they truly, truly desire, if you like. Just a
3: little bit concerned with 35 being an older woman. <laughs>
5: you're 47, <laughs> we, we this, so you're fine. We hear this a lot. Uh, yeah, the, 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 quite often, uh, older women and younger men don't quite want to associate with that category. But the most important thing is subjective right? So 35 by by any stretch of imagination isn't an old woman, but she would be an older woman if somebody was 30, for example. So it's all about the difference between the uh, the, the man and the woman, rather than whether or not you're being labelled as uh, old or young.
3: Okay, fair
2: enough. Uh, okay, so um, like I know it's obviously oh. based over there in 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 the UK, but can you um, is it available for people here? Like, could I sign up for it? Can someone in in Ireland or Dublin sign up for this?
5: Yeah, so absolutely. We, we, we have quite a few members over in Ireland and uh, the, the predominant base is, is in the UK, but absolutely there's, uh, there's members all over Ireland.
2: Oh, amazing news. This is brilliant, crack. So um, if, if someone is here listening, um, they can obviously go on and sign up and, and, and do that stuff. But are you looking to, to pay younger men for certain services? What's this now you're, you're launched?
5: <laughs> sure. So basically what we've noticed in, in lockdown is that people have totally changed the way that they're dating, both online and offline and uh actually looking at all of our stats and data it's quite interesting to see as soon as lockdown happened people just stopped online dating people kind of realized that they weren't going to meet anybody uh and, and they just kind of stopped what they were doing but as it started to to kind of progress maybe about four or five weeks into lockdown people started to accept it was the new normal and online dating totally exploded so people spent their increased time actually trying to find other people to spend that time with, and they might yeah. be single they might be you know just looking for, for a new relationship and What we started to identify was people wanted to to develop that connection and instead of going on dates because obviously that 's not allowed, they started to become really innovative with how they would create dating um so whether that be video calls whether that's sitting on the phone for a long time whether that's watching films together watching you know having takeaways together and essentially what we're doing is we've created a, a, a video platform within Toyboy Warehouse and we're encouraging our new users to try it and in exchange for them giving us a bit of an insight into how it works and, and what the the new world of dating works for them uh, we're actually offering them some, some money for their time But also, most importantly, we're sending them takeaways and uh, that kind of movie (laughs) subscription, whatever they need to make sure that they can create the best dating environment that they can have within lockdown.
3: I love this. Now, did the guys have to be under 35 to apply for this?
5: Uh, For this, yes. um, But on normal, on warehouse in in general, no. Uh, We tend to find that actually our most popular age on the site is around 30 as an average. Um, So, yeah, um, kind of... Under 35-year-old guys and over 35-year-old women are, are the kind of categories that we're looking for. So try and um, really test the site and, and to try and understand exactly how data changing into
2: the, into the future so the, 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 sorry the, the video platform is is it kind of like it's uh, just a video chat or uh, is that, that's how the data set up that you both log on and have a, a video chat and then you're looking after is it the, the food and the drink and stuff like that
5: that's right that's absolutely right yeah okay
2: cool seriously you up for signing up
3: i'm too young i actually am too young but i'm tr- <laughs> trying to think is it more just hooking up or is it, are you looking at long-term relationships forming from this?
5: It's a whole mix, right? So Toy Warehouse has always said that we kind of are, are behind love, lust and romance. And <laughs> what we really stand for is actually enabling a space that people can, can find a partner and a relationship that they truly desire. So absolutely, sometimes people meet a member on site and they might build a relationship that, that doesn't last a huge amount of time. But equally, we've had loads of customers and, and loads of members that have ended up getting married Uh, Some people have even ended up having children or or, or have not been married but will spend a lifetime together travelling and doing all sorts. So... It's a real plethora of people and relationships that come off to the warehouse, which actually adds to some of the charm of it. Yeah, well, that's... I think
3: that a lot of women that are having affairs or, you know, when they do break up after, especially when they've been married, they're looking for a younger guy. Whereas <laughs> I've had the younger guy and they're really annoying and lazy and all the rest of it, so I'm more into an older guy at the moment, but maybe when I'm 35, things will change. Ma- ma-
5: maybe it will indeed, absolutely. seriously she's only lying to you, Magnus.
2: She's 47. She's looking for a 22-year-old toy- Boy, boy, to go on random dates with, and she can uh, do this online while we're well in lockdown. But um, the. the... the old trope and the old generalisation is women go for older guys and guys go for younger women so um, I know you mentioned that you know some people think it's a small niche but it's far bigger than what people would think it is Uh, members wise do you know how many older women you have out there looking for a a toy boy for want of a better word
5: yeah absolutely I mean it's in uh, from from numbers in the the UK we're we're in the multiple hundreds of thousands and that's of of women that are actively looking for, for younger men and what you tend to find actually is when women stay on the side Or or join the site. They actually stay on the site for quite a long time because quite often, when they're finding someone, it's not their first relationship. You know, they they might have been married for a long, longer period of time, and actually, they're they're looking for a, a younger guy that will show them more appreciation. That they'll be able to almost live the years that they feel like potentially they didn't have in their previous relationship. So they they kind of know what they want. They kind of know who they're looking for. Um, so they'll they'll really invest the time to kind of meet the right people on, on the site.
3: I love it. I think it's brilliant. I must
2: try get my mom on it. <laughs> Mine too, actually. Let's set her up now. She's in retirement now. She we like get a, a younger man to, to? If you're listening, ma'am, it's toyboywarehouse.com. Go sign up and uh, maybe you can get paid in retirement as well to, to look after this. So the, 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 you're accepting applications for for the kind of the paid part of this, um, and people can do it again. I imagine you, you people from Dublin and from Ireland can can apply for for that part of the program as well. That part of the website.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, if you. Create a normal account on ToyWarehouse sort of You'll get all the information through there of how you can apply for the for the kind of video testing and get your food, your drink, and and, and small payment as well. Amazing,
2: brilliant. Yeah, right, that's brilliant. Uh, that's the weekend sorted for a lot of people. Anyway, <laughs> listen, uh, Mike from uh, toyboywarehouse.com, uh, It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, best of luck Absolutely. with um, matchmaking, love making, lust making, and matching.
0: FM 104's Room one hundred four podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Chalon.